welcome to a new episode of the brand called you today i have a very very interesting and very multifaceted lady shilpi singh on our show shilpi welcome to the show thank you so much ashutosh it's lovely to be here thank you shilpi is an executive coach she's the co-founder of unhotel and she's an hr influencer on twitter so shilpi before we get into your you know taking your guidance on what coaching is tell us a little bit about your early career and some of your learnings so interesting my earlier career in today in those days people would say i am confused because i did not have a specific goal mm-hmm. in today's time it's called gig economy okay so i was studying in jnu and i was interested in media and uh, i started working for a media house mm-hmm. and uh, i was good in a lot of coordination i was good in communication so i continued to do that for some time before i moved on to career launcher mm-hmm. in its early days okay. it was great to work with the founders then uh wherein i helped uh, young students aspiring to be in iim and doing their gmat mm-hmm. and training them uh that was very interesting and that's what got me interested into the field of training okay and from there uh, on i moved on i built my career in hr and training okay so you know you have uh... the from the first thing that when i was reading about you i found that you're a coach and uh, there are a lot of people who suddenly have started to understand the meaning of coaching mm-hmm. traditionally it's been always been done by either a senior colleague yeah or by an elder in the family yeah so what is coaching and uh, why has it become so relevant in india so again you know coaching um, has various definitions what i understand of coaching and what got me interested into it is i see it's a facilitative conversation between two individuals the coach and the person individual is getting coach and this conversation is basically about moving from point a to point b um and maybe moving faster in a more efficient way Uh, with a lot of self reflections happening doing it better doing it with better impact um so the the coaching conversations are in the jargon term is called appreciative inquiry mm-hmm. um i like to use the words reflective questions where it pushes you to think for yourself and see where you're getting stuck how mm-hmm. can you do things differently and the more you have this conversation the clarity keeps coming mm-hmm. because it pushes you to think again and again so coaching basically is if you as an individual are feeling stuck somewhere or or you want to move faster uh, this kind of guidance or conversation with a coach uh, helps you in that direction very interesting so you know again traditionally coaches were for sports people mm-hmm. suddenly now everyone wants or has a coach yeah. who should really look for a coach So I personally believe that all of us uh, need a coach okay. as you rightly said that you know traditionally there was an elder or a colleague who was doing mm-hmm. it so we always seeking some kind of input advice sometimes um, a recalibration of our thought process um, so I feel all of us do need a coach mm-hmm. at some point or the other okay. the the need could be different but we do need a coach uh, typically if I talk about the corporate world or the entrepreneurship world I feel Uh, again an individual who's wanting to move from a particular point to the next point mm-hmm. and they feel that um, an external intervention would help them do it better mm-hmm. or would bring a different perspective um, should definitely look for a coach an individual whose decision has an impact on a larger audience 
uh, whether in terms of numbers, whether in terms of people impact um, or social impact. Uh, so where the impact is of consequence, I feel coaching really helps that individual. So if I want Shilpi as my coach, mm -hmm. what would the steps in coaching be? One, um, number one to begin with is, uh, you know, your own conviction that you really do have a coach mm -hmm. because it can't be enforced. Correct. Uh, you have to have it in you to be able to have a candid conversation with someone. Um, then uh, you see that in which area you're looking for uh, a coaching intervention. Mm -hmm. So for some people, it could be to grow the business. For some people, it could be, um, you know, to grow themselves uh, better. So there are certain personal development uh, goals which are there. And depending on that, then uh, you kind of figure out which coach works uh, better for you. Because if today you ask me to do business coaching, which is completely uh, say a business growth or business expansion, mm -hmm. I might not be the best person. Okay. Five years from now, maybe, because I'm going through that phase in my business. But I work more towards in space of personal growth, um, which is based on behavioral uh, coaching okay. philosophy. I'm very good at that. Uh, so, you know, depending on your need, mm -hmm. um, you will say, okay, this person has expertise here. That's number one. Number two, again, you look for references, yeah. of course. Yeah. So you figure out who are the other people who've been coached. Mm -hmm by the person. Third is your personal rapport with the individual. So I might be a very good coach, but somehow I don't you connect don't with you. Um, then it will not mm -hmm. go anywhere. So the rapport and the personal connect is very important. So these are two, three important yeah, right. things that you need well to said, Well said, well said. And how long should uh, a coaching relationship be for? So again, there is no specific rule to it. Mm -hmm. uh, and this now with experience, I can say initially when I started, I used to be guided exactly by the rule book. If it says three months, it should be three months. Um, again, depending upon what kind of transition you're looking mm -hmm. at. If it's a business transition uh, with a huge impact, for example, a business being transitioned from one generation to the other, mm -hmm. it requires more time. Uh, or your business verticals changing or uh, you know time if we are staying in a VUCA world sure. so things are changing constantly then it might require a longer intervention mm -hmm. which could also go up to say three years for example okay. you know because you you are an entrepreneur mm -hmm. you know business transformations take time, time sure. because coaching is about um, strategizing and then also putting it into action so action will have certain results and that will take some time. Yeah. Uh, and you want to see whether it's going in the right direction or not. So you need to give it time. Uh, having said that, if you come to a typical managerial level coaching in a corporate, it could be as um, as uh, short as three months duration as well, uh, with more frequent interventions. So completely depends on the role of the person and the impact that they're wanting to create. Okay. And one last question on coaching before I move to the next segment. How do I evaluate mm -hmm. that my coach is good? Interesting. So it's very measurable actually because mm -hmm. in coaching we we start with setting goals mm -hmm. which are measurable. Yeah. We start with smart goals, simple. Mm -hmm. And uh, all these goals are measurable. Okay. So And, and we, we put the metrics right in the beginning. Okay. Even the softer part like, you know, I want to get less angry mm -hmm. or... Uh, you know, I want to be more calm and that can be a goal. And we have a way of even putting okay. a measurable metrics to that. Okay. And between the coach and the coachee, we keep evaluating the metrics mm -hmm. in frequent intervals to see whether we move from 
point A to point B to point C. So, shall we move to the next segment, uh, which is uh, Unhotel? Um, tell me about this venture. The Unhotel company is a venture which I started along with my partner, mm-hmm. who also happens to be my husband, okay. uh, Manish Sinha. Uh, so, Manish and I, uh, we've been running our homestay for last 10 years mm-hmm. uh, by the name of Cinnamon Stays in Gurgaon. When we started, we started it as an experiment. Uh, and thought we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. We had read about bed and breakfast yeah. in the West. Mm-hmm. Um, this was 10 years ago when it was still very new in the country, mm-hmm. especially in Gurgaon because you don't have tourists in Gurgaon. Okay. Uh, but we started it and uh, slowly people started trickling in and we enjoy meeting people. Mm-hmm. We enjoy having conversations. Uh, so it, it, it started to grow. Mm-hmm. And uh, after some time, um, of course, Manish uh, was also the co-founder for the Oyo Rooms. Mm. Uh, I was not a part of it. Mm. Uh, but then that went a different way. So after Oyo, we were thinking, okay, what next now? And uh, hospitality had interested us. Mm. We were also seeing the gaps which were there. Okay. Um, so we thought, you know, we wanted to bring our intelligence, our experience of a modern discerning mm-hmm. traveler mm-hmm. in this space. And therefore, the Hotel Company started initially with the idea of bringing together very boutique properties um, and uh, storytelling about these properties. Okay. Uh, we are very clear we're not an OTA, we are not an aggregator mm-hmm. of rooms. We do not sell rooms. Okay. Uh, we sell stories of these unique places. Mm-hmm. Um, the stories could be about the founders, mm-hmm. the story could be about the community impact work which that property is doing, um, the stories could be about the architecture of a particular property, mm-hmm. it's it's done so beautifully. So each state that we started marketing and storytelling about had a unique proposition. Okay. Um, each place we visited ourselves uh, before onboarding. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were very uh, careful about even having information as to how much time does it take on the road, where to stop and have tea. Um, you know, every little detail which if you tell a person, it, it makes the journey more beautiful and uh, easier. Because everybody's working very hard True. to take these three days, five days, ten days off for a vacation. Correct. And uh, we wanted to make it more memorable for them. Yeah. As well as for the property owners to get the right set of audience to these places. Mm. Because these are not standard hotels. Mm-hmm. You do not get the standard services. Correct. So you have to have the right set of people who are clear in their mind that this is something which excites them mm-hmm. or interests them. So a good match between the properties and the travelers. Okay. Started from there and then we started curating experiences. Mm-hmm. And uh, initially it was to start promoting the properties. Mm-hmm. But we saw that we were really good in that especially in terms of operation and coordination i'm very good at it and my early production days mm-hmm. uh helped helped sure. me in that sure. Sure. um and um you know conceptualizing an interesting uh, experience manish is from advertising background so the storytelling of that experience mm-hmm. he does very well and uh, yeah so we've been doing some amazing Wonderful. experiences again making sure that these are not just cookie cut mm-hmm. experiences and uh, wherein everybody has a winning proposition. The, the last mile person who's giving me a service 
should also be equally benefited. So the idea of One Hotel Company is now to, it's, we call ourselves an experiences company. Wonderful. And, and we create these experiences through travel. Wonderful. And how many such properties do you have? Currently we have 55 which wow. we market. This year we plan to add 50 more. Wow, that's a big chain. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, when I was reading about you, uh, about an hotel, uh, a phrase caught my attention. It's immersible, immersive, responsible and slow travel. Yeah. What does this mean? It could mean different things to different people. Sure. Yeah. So, but what we understand of it is immersive is when you're going to a place, uh, absorb and explore the culture, mm. the food, um, the nuance of that place mm. to make it more immersive. Um, and that happens when you come out of your hotel rooms or resort rooms mm. and really explore the place. Um, so that's immersive. For example, uh, right now we have a Australian couple who's on a 19-day food trail in India. Mm -hmm. And we have curated this 19-day wow. experience for them. Uh, now, it, right from having home food to the best restaurant food to be sitting and um, having conversations with home chefs to food bloggers, we put all of it together. Amazing. So it's not just what you read in the books. Mm -hmm. You experience locally. Like today in Gurgaon, mm -hmm. who are the best home chefs? I know about mm -hmm. them. So if it's about connecting and understanding what food tastes at home, yeah. how a Chetanar food tastes in the Chetanar house and how does it taste in a restaurant, mm -hmm. there is a difference. Amazing. So, Wonderful. you know, so that that's what more immersive. Uh, responsible is, uh, yeah, we, we say that, you know, we have to give it to our environment and not take it from there. Uh, India is huge and vast and that's a great uh, you know, the kind of beauty we have in the country. Having said that, if you look at the, the regular places like a Manali or a Shimla or a Nanital or a Ganto, uh, you know, they've just been ripped apart. Correct. Um, and, and it's dangerous. Mm. So we are saying by responsible, meaning exploring new places. Also, uh, how can uh, we, we keep our carbon footprint a little less... Mm. Uh, how can we come out of a comfort zone and carry our own bottles, uh, not eat the wafers and the yeah. chips, yeah. Uh, explore local food. Uh, so it could be as okay. small as that. Very interesting. Do as big as, don't ask for unnecessary discounts yeah. <laughs> because that hits the local person's okay. pocket. Yeah. You know, uh, and that's very critical. Mm -hmm. um, because in today's time, especially when everything is about funding and tech-led, um, you know, big companies which are funded can give you easy discounts, yeah. but it's squeezing someone's pocket Correct. at the ground level. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we feel that that is not right. Mm -hmm. You know, that that vegetable vendor should not be squeezed. Um, so so be fair and equal yeah. in, in what yeah. you do. Yeah. And slow is, uh, don't Take try to touch all the points. <laughs> so some of the vacation could be just taking a book mm -hmm. and uh, going in the hills and just three Wonderful. days you can just read a book. Wonderful. You know, I was seeing the Bill Gates documentary where he says that he takes his think week, he packs all his books, goes to this place and just sits and reads his book. So, you know, it could be something like terrific, that as well. Terrific. So let me ask you a question about uh, the, the ugly Indian traveler. Mm -hmm. You know, we keep hearing some horror stories of what some of us are doing when we travel overseas. Yeah. Um, do you see something similar in our own country? 
Um, see, I, I would fee- say that, you know, across the globe, you have all kinds of travelers. So, um, we, we have our biases also. Having said that, yes, we can be a little more uh, social and a little more responsible when we're traveling. Um, and when you said responsible traveler, you know, one thing which people say is Indians are very loud when we're traveling. And it's said about some other co- countries sure. also. Sure. Um, so, you know, respecting each other's space um, uh, and just acting responsibly. Yes. So there have been cases of um, ugly Indian travelers within yeah. the country also, yeah. especially because we we market more boutique stays. Mm-hmm. Um Many times we see that, you know, when people pay money, they feel that they own the house mm-hmm. or they own the caretaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the sensitivity towards the guy who's waking up at four in the morning or five in the morning in the hills to make sure your water is hot at six. Mm-hmm. Um, we have more gratitude yes. towards that person. Yes. That I feel is little less here, sure. you know. Uh, people think, you I've paid money now. Everything should just happen yeah. at a snap yeah. of the finger. Uh, we're also become a little impatient. We are in a hurry. Uh, you know, you want to switch on the button and you want things mm-hmm. to happen. Uh, when you go to places which are on the beach, on the hills, they have a slow life. Correct. They are not city people. Mm-hmm. They do things at their own pace. When we go there, we want them to do things at our pace. Even that makes people... You know, it, it troubles them. So, in fact, in our in our um, uh, experiences, when we take a feedback from the guest, we take a feedback from all the caretakers and cooks and workers mm-hmm. at the property as well. How were my guests? Yeah. Did they behave well? Very good. Uh, did they offend you? Uh, were they nice? Because based on that, I will make sure whether next time I want to mm-hmm. entertain that mm-hmm. guest or not. So, my feedback is from my guests also and from mm-hmm. my Properties. Yeah. Maybe maybe TripAdvisor should now start rating guests as well. <laughs> they it's should. Time. So should be one more question on uh, hotel and, yeah. and travel before I move to some personal questions. Um, how are millennials mm. changing the way uh, they travel and the way you are as a property owner? Mm-hmm. What are what are their expectations and how are they changing this entire landscape? Oh, they are outstanding. They're amazing. One is millennials are not into, I mean, everybody's talking about the thing that they're not into hoarding commodities. Mm -hmm. They spend more on experiences. So we've seen a trend even in our family, friends, they earn for three, four months and then they want to spend on Mm -hmm. good experiences. Mm -hmm. So they're not looking at very lavish, luxury stays, but they don't mind spending on good, authentic experiences. So they're spending a lot of money on experiences. And uh, see, today's millennials will grow tomorrow and they'll have the money to spend on luxury as well. Mm -hmm. But today their luxury is experiences. And all of them have some some kind of goals in life and and some travel bucket list which they have in life. And uh, they're very clear about it. So they do travel a lot. Mm -hmm. But... They spend more on experiences. They also do a lot of self-research. Uh, uh, so not necessarily they, they buy from a travel company. Uh, they go and do a lot of research through the blogs and you know other other things which are there on Google. Uh, and as I said, they and they're also more responsible. So they want to buy goods and services and experiences which are coming from uh, 
more sustainable angle, responsible angle, fair to all. So millennials are uh, more conscious yeah, about that. Much more conscious. Yeah. About, I yeah. agree with you. So let's move on a few questions about you personally. Mm-hmm. You know, you've been in multiple uh, businesses, uh, from production to coach to tourism, etc. Um, have you had any mentors? And if yes, what is the impact they've had on you? Oh yes, we have a lot of mentors. Uh, we have a, something called personal board of advisor. Okay. <laughs> I feel it's very important. Yeah. Um, I feel my first mentor was my first boss in my production house. Yeah. Um, before the long journey of being into gender equality, and I work a lot in mm-hmm. that space. Um, I grew up in a household which never knew what male or a female gender meant we were equal yeah thankfully my first job was about that amit made me do everything which a boy would be doing on the sets mm-hmm. from carrying tripods to heavy cameras mm-hmm. he said if you've chosen to be in the field you need to do everything Correct. um i learned a lot from him mm-hmm. yeah he was Wonderful. a very creative guy Wonderful. uh so from there onwards, one thing which I learned was if he's given me something to do, it's doable. Mm. And then he's trusting me to do some stuff. So I had this innate desire to fulfill that trust of my boss. Mm. Um, so that's something uh, beautiful. And of course, he took care of me as a family member. So I'm very fortunate to work with a lot of entrepreneurs in my early days. Wonderful. So I think uh, that was helpful when we started mm. our own venture. Then uh, Satya, who was the founder of Career Launcher, mm-hmm. who is the founder of Career Launcher. Um, it was still early days for Career Launcher, so we worked very closely as a team. We worked very closely. I worked very closely with the founders. Um, and the way Satya would motivate the, the team, mm-hmm. uh, the way he would uh, show the vision of the company and he would take everybody into that vision was something which... I felt was amazing Uh, and and that's something even as a company with three people four people we always kept in mind Mm -hmm. how to how to let other people also be part of your vision and how to take their inputs in your own vision um, and how to keep them motivated engaged uh, and make them a part of the company like in real real sense Mm -hmm. not just on paper Mm -hmm. that's something um, which I learned from Satya then uh, another of my bo- all of I think most of my mentors have been my bosses <laughs> okay. uh, at IMG. Um, Balu was my boss, um, and you know when I joined IMG, it it, it I have not spent a long time mm-hmm. in the corporate world. I, I did a lot of as I said gig economy. I was part of more gig economy. So I was still not very confident if I can take uh, the the big seniors head on, mm-hmm. um, and that's somewhere. Uh, you know, IPL was getting launched and we had who's in who in the organization and uh, we were coordinating with the entire world. Um, he gave me the confidence to speak my mind. Uh, I was always a person who would speak my mind, but, you know, I was still trying to uh, find my foot uh, out there and he 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 gave me that confidence. Um, also, you know, when we all left IMG, even till now, he always checks how am I doing in life. So, you know, how do you take care of your people and you really uh, make them a part of your life? 
um, that's something which so, so let's move you know you spoke about about gender balance mm. and interestingly that is going to be the next question you know there's a lot of talk of gender balance now uh, mm. all over the world and in india as well two questions number one are people taking it seriously or is it lip service and second question how do we expedite uh, gender balance in the corporate world and in life in general so um it's been almost 8 9 years that i'm working specifically in the space of diversity inclusion mm-hmm. as a coach as a leadership facilitator i feel we've come a, a some distance from it being only lip service mm-hmm. to companies really uh take doing serious interventions into the space i'm still engaged with a lot of corporates who are doing really good work okay. uh i'm very happy to see some of the outcome of that work uh having said that yeah Uh, the majority still have to tread that path mm-hmm. uh women also have to uh, come forward and when i'm here gen- talking about gender balance i'm specifically talking in terms of maybe more women uh, equality yes. now uh, because we are in the era of gender fluidity mm-hmm. so it's not just about man and woman we have third gender as well yeah so um which again a lot of people say that's not the third gender because each yeah. gender is equal Absolutely. so uh, but in terms of women yeah um there are organizations who are doing serious work and there are organizations who still have to uh come a long way in terms of uh, people getting sensitized it's happening but of course as you said it's 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 a long journey sure. our social conditionings are too strong uh, both for men and women and i won't just uh, make men responsible for it we also have to take charge of our career we also if we are ambitious we want to set out our goals we have to see how we will uh, fulfill those mm-hmm. goals how to manage our personal stakeholders and uh, professional stakeholders to make sure yep. we get what we get yep. so it's both ways mm-hmm. uh, yeah so wonderful so my last question to you and this is on failure you know um, most of us in india or south asia don't teach children that it's okay to fail you know we everyone just says you got to come first first aana hai sabse aage jana hai etc and yet we have all failed yeah at some stage or the other my question to you is what have your learnings been from some of your mistakes or some of your failures so failures are always there i think even in our day to day life you have some or the other you plan something it doesn't happen <laughs> so um entrepreneurship makes you very thick skinned so you learn to get up and start running again um so one is to understand see the two three things as a coach i also feel that okay one thing is uh get up and start running again second is understand that uh, why you know also to understand why did it fail spend time on that as well yeah. what can i do better next time not to make the same mistake again uh rather than beating yourself to death so why did this happen uh, you know understanding if it happened what were the reasons and how could i next time make sure that th- these reasons are not there mm-hmm. um who would know it better than us i mean <laughs> there's a story uh, wherein we lost a big deal out there mm-hmm. but um, so one is that second is um of course you know start up and get running mm-hmm. again third is have a pool of people your mentors mm-hmm. maybe or your coaches with whom you can have these discussions uh so that you know you don't get bogged down by the failure mm-hmm. uh because people will have 
different capacity to hold failures. Right. Not everybody will have. Some people are very, mm. you know, resilient mm. and they can manage it on their own. Uh, some people might not be able to manage it on their own. It's like, you know, I can't manage my weight loss on my own. Somebody can manage it on their own. So if I can't manage it on my own, I go and take services of either a dietitian sure. or a trainer or sure. whatever it is. Sure. So I feel we know, we know what our own personal capacity is. And uh, based on that, we should take decisions and have somebody who's, uh, who's around to help us yeah. move forward. That's, that's very well said. Shilpi, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. And I wish you lots of success with Unhotel and with all other ventures that you do. Thank you so much, Ashutosh. Uh, lovely talking here. I love to talk, which was very evident in the conversation. <laughs> Fantastic conversation. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Brand Called You podcast. Be sure to visit tbcy.in to join the conversation, access show notes, and discover fantastic bonus content. You can follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Simply search for The Brand Called You. Thank you and see you next week.